Welcome to Potter Familias, coming to you from Fairhope, Alabama. I'm Todd Sylvester. I'm Stephen Sylvester. We are two dads. <laughs> you like saying that. I do, because you were the one that said it first, and I was like, that's, we shouldn't, you know. We're going to have to do a t-shirt that says that. Two dads. <laughs> we're going to have to. Now you've started it. I love it. I love that, that for the branding. Be, that'll be fan influence. Yeah, Two that's, dads. That's too much. Have, we know what you're thinking. When have you been out of the country? Uh, one time. Where? I've been to Canada. Can you count that? Uh, no, yeah. I mean, I mean what? yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Time yeah. out. Time out. Time out. I went to Canada you when, said I, when I was 13. out of the country. Well, I went is to Canada. Canada our country? Well, I went to is Canada. Is Canada the United States of America? Basically. I could have said I went to Puerto do, Rico. Wait, does Canada have a military? Yeah. Do they really? They, they do. Really? What if we have Canadian listeners? Uh, then please don't you? be offended. But They are already offended. It's too late. You I'm not talking to, about the Mounties. You need to apologize cool. now. Hashtag canceled. I'm so canceled. Yeah. We talked about that already. I'm talking about like crossing an ocean, leaving the country. No, 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 no. I've never done that. Now, I was going to do a semester and in Rome yeah, with right. the Bernardi program that they do at St. Thomas University. That would have been University cool. of St. Thomas. That it would have been. been. Uh, cool. It was also quite expensive, which is why I didn't go. All right. That makes sense. But I s- spent a short amount of time in Italy, and I've always wanted to get mom back there. Yeah. And she doesn't want to go. So we did a couple virtual tour tours yeah. of the major basilicas. Oh, you can do that right now? Yes. And they're extremely cool. But I'm the whole time I'm trying to explain to her, it's not the same thing. Right. Well, it's becoming more like the same thing, more and more. Have now we ever... don't we didn't have the VR. Well, that's that's what I'm talking about. So our our topic for today is actually about the the rise of digital experiences leading us to not have to physically go anywhere or will it do that one day right so there have you ever seen the movie with robin williams and matt damon goodwill hunting yeah of course yeah do you remember that one scene where will's character uh or matt damon's character will has just like laid into all the things all the personal stuff that robin williams's character has revealed to him and he kicks him out of his office, kicks him out of the therapy session. Yeah, he goes, I will end you. Yeah, and then he meets up with him in a park, and he said, I didn't sleep at all last night because I was just thinking about what you said. And his point is that he's a very smart kid who can make connections and do a lot of things that a lot of people can't do. But he says, but you don't know what it smells like inside the Sistine Chapel. Hmm. And that was his point of like you've you've never been anywhere, you've never done anything. So as smart as you are, that doesn't make that doesn't do the same thing as life experience. So, having said that, there are now experiences that are being developed. They're not available for consumers yet, but I've heard of these things. There's articles being written about them where all of the experience, all of your five senses are now to the point of where they can at least kind of emulate what it's like to be someplace in real life using vr what but not including like smells mm-hmm. for real yeah for real so i'll be able to put those goggles on and it'll be like i'm walking into the piazza novana you might have to put I'm a mask in, on and i'm yeah, walking but, into a cafe and i'm smelling the espresso yeah 
Come on. They're working on that type of technology right Why, now. Why, though? Why? Well, Just go to because, Italy. Because, well, think about, like, okay, so there's the obvious thing where people will be like, ooh, this new thing you can do. Technology. It's shiny. Like, so that's one reason why you would invest in technology like that. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, there's a lot of people who, for various medical and or, you know, other life reasons, can't do a lot of that stuff. Yeah, true. That's fair. So... Maybe that's the future of gaming because gaming is getting bigger every year where it's a lot more immersive. It'll matter if you're in shape, like that type of thing. Um, But there's also just people uh, who, for example, can't use their legs. People can't walk. It's like they want to have the experience of walking. They might be able to do that for people in the future. Yeah, and they can do like the Appalachian Trail VR. The question is, will we get to a point where VR is good enough? If Let's say if. If we get to a point where VR is good enough. And for those people that don't know, virtual reality. Virtual reality, VR. If we get to a point where that is realistic enough that the experience is basically the same to use VR versus physically going somewhere, if they can recreate the whole situation pretty close to reality why would you go anywhere well i guess the first question would be what's the cost well yeah i mean is it, is it the same amount i mean is it going to be that expensive if i am saving money theoretically no because let's use your real experience your mom yeah she does not want to leave the country there mm-hmm. are parts of the u.s that she'd love to see she wants to go to some of the big state parks or national parks and Things like that. Yeah. But I, I don't think she ever wants to go on an airplane and go to Italy. That's fair. Or go to Europe. Or There's a lot of people like that who just, you know. So it would be cool to sit down with her and put on the goggles and to walk through St. Peter's because I think that's as close as I'm going to get her. Yeah. So do you think that there is a... And I'm just asking this question because your brain goes to that sci-fi place of like, there's got to be a dark side to this. There's got to be another shoe that's going to drop. Do you think that there is some hidden factor that's sort of dangerous about that type of technology? I, not that I can think of. I mean, unless I can think of a couple different things right. from sci-fi. I like thought that what? you, uh, I thought that you would have like a like a, a moral argument why it's not good or something. But um, like, why? What are they doing? Well, I, that's the thing is like there's not really any limitations to the experiences that you can have in VR if they get to that point. Oh, you mean like sexual stuff? Yeah. Oh, thanks for that. Well, I that's what that's what I was thinking about. There's books written about that type of thing. Wait, so you go to St. Peter's and everybody's naked, including the Pope? <laughs> well, <laughs> that'd be weird. No, but but if you think about where where that technology, like the logical end of it, and this is why I wanted to talk about it. If you think about it from the perspective of why we have bodies with five senses in the first place, it's completely, it's like the matrix. And I don't mean like you're plugging your brain into a computer. It's like this is all external still. And I don't think we'll ever understand the brain well enough to be able to do that in real life. But externally, you can just sort of put yourself in a chamber, theoretically, and have whatever experience you want. And that that technology is like visible, like next 25 years so now how would you compare that to some of those rides now where you go to Disney World and you get in the little cart thing, but it really doesn't go anywhere. 
it's on hydraulics and so it's kind of moving around. Like, well, yeah. But you've got all the screens around you and they're blowing air. And so mm-hmm. you're experiencing, let's say, a roller coaster, but you're not on a roller coaster. <coughs> Excuse me. So, yeah, this technology that I'm talking about is basically just a really, really convincing simulator. Okay. And it's on the horizon. The types of things that I'm describing are on the horizon technologically. Well, what, the, what kind of bad things are you talking about? I mean, well, I'm, I, I'm still thinking roller so coasters. I'm, I thinking, I'm thinking about like people who will invest so much of their time and energy into this type of technology. Like gaming is already a problem for a lot of people where they are investing so much time in looking at a screen. Yeah. Did you see if Ready Player One? Yeah. You mean like that? Like they're just going to get in there and then they yeah, never want to leave? Yeah, they'll never leave their house. That's why they had to turn it off on Tuesdays and Thursdays at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that so benevolent of them? I, I read the book, Ready Player One. I haven't seen the movie. Well, at the end, that's the whole thing. Is the, the young kid takes ownership of the company. And right. Spoiler alert, everyone. Whoops. Sorry. Sorry. We just ruined that movie. Um, but yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. So my thought is this. Is there some inherent immoral quality to engaging in reality only virtually, like exclusively through virtual means? I don't know about the m- morality of it. Well, depending I was thinking on... in terms of like going to mass. Oh, yeah. But I mean, how would you receive the Eucharist? That's my point. So there are going to be ways that you can experience the physical world in a virtual manner and that's going to change people's understanding of why they would need to go and do physical things. Like why? You know, yeah. what's the point? Yeah. Like concerts are the thing that's changing right now. I know that there's a lot of uh concert technology that's about to become huge because they've done some gimmicks, right? They did that huge concert where there were no speakers. There was no front of house system. And everyone brought headphones and there was a DJ doing a set. And so you look out, and if you don't have the headphones on, you can't hear the music. So it's it looks like everybody's dancing, and there's no music. And the DJ is like, you know, doing his thing on his turntable. And right, but it's why? I don't know. Well, that's that's the thing is like, if you can do that, why would you even go to the place where all these people are? Do you remember when they were talking about the made-up digital singer who was Asian, some girl? She was completely digitized. Yes, I do remember that. And she became a star Mm -hmm. and had concerts Mm -hmm. where they put her somehow on the stage via screens and projectors and stuff like that. Yeah, she did not I thought that that was a joke. Yeah. This is weird, Even Even crazier, have you seen all those pictures that they're using AI to generate that look like real people, but they don't exist? That's a little trippy. Yeah, so they just feed all this photo information. <laughs> what if it turns out to be your doppelganger? <laughs> right, if it looks like... Yeah, I, I've gone through before to minute. see if there's anybody that looks That's like me. That's actually me. Only because... They're made up. I've only done that me. because so many people tell me, hey, you look like somebody I know. Do I know you? And I'm like, this happens every day, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone mm-hmm. knows someone, apparently, who looks just like me. Okay. Um Based on what I've heard, anyway. So that's... All right, so what are you thinking? Should, so should... I mean, we know well, it's coming. Yeah, that's that's why I wanted to talk about it is because it's like this is eventually going to be a part of society and culture. So what do we do? And I think there are going to be some things, some holdovers from what we're going to call like an analog society where you would do things physically in person. I think there are going to be some of those that there will be no way to effectively and authentically repl- re- replicate it virtually. So 
if you're a religious person, like going to mass, for example. Or how about eating? Yeah, I mean, you can't replicate. Yeah, so you can't replicate eating. that. But actually, you kind of could. Right? How? If you put in a feeding tube. No, because you're gonna need the the texture of the food in your mouth. Why? What do you mean? Why? Why? Why would you need like? Okay, so let's put it this way. What if you have somebody who is quadriplegic? They have right. no use of their limbs. Right. And they say, you know what? I would really prefer to just experience life virtually, since I can do so many more things in that world than I can in the actual world, and then I would never have to leave my bed. They're still going to need to eat. What if they put I in mean, a feeding tube? Yeah, but they want to taste. They want to taste food. So what if they come up with a way that they can do that virtually? That, what if that technology comes along? I, I I would have a hard time believing that that's going to come along because you're gonna you're gonna want that. Like remember when Lulu had a feeding tube? Your grandmother. Well, yeah, but and uh, she yes, wanted to eat ice cream. I agree that people will want it, but I think that it's theoretically possible that they will come up with a technology where you can replicate that digitally. Okay. That's just weird. I th- well, I know it's weird, but I think that it's possible. And I think that if you're going to be a forward-thinking person when it comes to te- technology, like, do you remember when 10 years ago or so, it might have even been 15 years ago now that I first heard about this, they were talking about when cars start being able to drive themselves. I was super excited. If they get into, no, no, not not that. that That is coming. That is coming soon. But when cars that drive themselves find themselves in a position where they have two choices. They can either make a decision that will save the life of the driver or they can make a decision that will save the life of the pedestrian. Oh, I, and it has to I make a choice. I didn't think about that. So there's the ethics of how they're building the program. And that's still something that a lot of companies that are doing this self-driving car stuff are wrestling with. Like Tesla, does, they haven't come out and said what the car would do. Because I think it's so complex that they can't say for sure what the car would do in every single situation, I think. So that's a question that people were asking 15 years ago. And everyone was like, that's crazy. Why You're talking about stuff that doesn't exist, blah, blah, blah. Now it's real. Okay. That is pretty, that's pretty deep. Yeah. So there's real ethical questions that will eventually have to be addressed. And I think it's better to think about it now versus trying to retrofit a solution once the technology is here. Okay. So... So what do you do? What do you do? Like, is there any reason why you would refuse the, the option to live their entire lives virtually to someone who wanted to do that? I mean, you're using the example of someone that's a quadriplegic. So they've yeah. got limited well, things what that if, they can do in their life. But what if, if you've it was got somebody, a perfectly healthy person. Yeah, what if it was a perfectly physically right, healthy person. That says, I want who, you to put me in a this, comatose state. This is better. Yeah, that would be somebody that I'd want to seek counseling. But why? Because that's not what we're designed for. Says who? Says God. I think we have a purpose. I, th- I think these physical bodies that we have, if... By the way, I agree with you. I'm just playing devil's yeah, advocate. Yeah, because it, there are going to be people who will argue for this, who will argue for this. If if we are physically able to do certain things, I think that's what we're supposed to do. I do remember when I was a kid watching television one time and... My mom, your grandmother, said, boy, I wish that we just had a conveyor belt that would come from the kitchen because all you guys keep asking for drinks, keep asking for <laughs> snacks. And and I thought as a small child, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Just to be able to sit here on the sofa and a conveyor belt would go by 
and all of a sudden Cheez-Its are on it and popcorn is on there and Hawaiian punch and all this stuff would just go by me and I would just grab it. Is it bad that I think that's leisure. kind of awesome? Yeah, because you're designed to get your butt off the sofa and walk into the kitchen and get your own snack. That's your opinion. And I again, I'm only doing this because you're going to meet people probably in your lifetime who will have this type of argument with you. They're going to say, how come? You know, how come, great grandpa? Like, how yeah. come? All right. And I'll have to, you know, if my kids are adults when this is happening, which is probably likely if I'm still around, then I'll have to deal with this as well. Like, what, what would I tell my daughter who was like, yeah, and I'd love to like be in the virtual world for a couple of years. Like, what would I tell her that, you know, and she's like, oh, you can come visit. You know, like you can put on your VR headset and be in there with me. What would I tell her? I don't know. The world is, you know, and the, the pandemic, world, the pandemic is the speeding. The real world is a better place. That's what I would tell him. Yeah. And again, I agree. Yeah. yeah but the there's real, going to be the people real who world will argue is a, is against that. Place. The pandemic is speeding all of this stuff up, by the way. It is. Because it's showing people, people how. leave their houses. Right. Yeah. It's showing people how possible it is, if you need to, to be able to do most of the things that you would regularly do from your home. Yeah. And everything will just be delivered. Yeah. So it's crazy. It is. Interesting stuff for sure. I don't really have a good answer. I just wanted to bring it up because I think it's important to talk about it. It's good to talk about. Yeah. You got a cool song that's uh, thematic? I do, actually. It's only thematic in the sense that it's kind of 80s themed. <laughs> I don't know how to take that. Well, you know, retro or uh, Ready Player One is all 80s nostalgia stuff. By the way, if Ready Player One wants to sponsor this podcast, then that'd be cool. <laughs> or the author of the book or whatever. This this song I wrote with my buddy Adam Curry out of Chicago. Shout out to you. And this is called She Dances on Her Own. And she sighs for the lost cause 
in the adolescent night She's gonna show them how to make it right She dances, she dances, she dances on a road for the money two bucks to get home three words to save her she dances on her own one for the money two bucks to get home three words to save her she dances on her own oh she dances Thanks so much for listening to Potter Familius. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, y'all.